0: Hello, I'm Niall Easton and this is Fully Involved, a Unified Fire podcast. Today we're doing a division check-in. We're going to be checking in with logistics and Chief Zach, tell us what's
1: going on and tell us who you brought. Uh, Hi, Niall. Um, Thanks for the opportunity to come down and chat with you guys today. Um, So uh, I got with me today um, some names you've probably heard of in the past. Uh, Pete Young, who's our supply manager, got Larson Wood. Uh, our facilities manager, and Dan Yates, our fleet manager, um, brought these guys all down to kind of, you know, have some conversations with you and get our message from logistics out there.
0: Yeah, and we were just talking. I mean, you've been on board. Really, we started the same month in your current position and my position here with UFA. So you've had three and a half years-ish. Let's just talk about some of the things you've implemented, what's changed, what's going on, and um, see how you felt about the position and the time you've been in there.
1: Yeah, so when I got in there, it was like, you know, stepping into the deep end, right? It felt overwhelming, like immediately. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of moving parts out there. Um, Once we got in, we just kind of started identifying, okay, where do we want to begin here? One of the first things I think we jumped into was uh, looking at fleet management systems, like electronic fleet management systems, bringing in some software. Met with a lot of companies, um, evaluated a lot of stuff, landed with Fleetio that everybody's familiar with these days. Um, hopefully that's working for everybody. Uh it seems to be capturing issues and things that we we uh, need to capture and it's tracking some of our costs and, and and our fleet issues pretty well for us. So we've been happy there and we've kind of taken that approach with in um supply as well, where we uh got some new point of sale software and incorporated that into Pete's um ordering website, uh PDO is he. Likes to refer to it. That's right. Um, and then uh, with, with Larson stuff, when he came on board, we brought in another software program for asset management, um, and that's been getting kind of fleshed out over the last you know year and a half or so. Really, right now, especially, um, we've had some assistance uh, getting some of the assets like HVAC systems into that, uh, so we can kind of be tracking dates and ages of water heaters and. You know, air conditioning units, all those kind of things. So it's been, been pretty neat. We're we're growing it. Um, it's getting you know better day by day. Yeah. So, so those are some of the I guess kind of the high profile things we've done recently. Let's actually step back
0: for our non UFA folks to understand what the logistics division does. I mean, you've kind of touched on it because you brought the the key players here. But so you're you're over all of our fleet vehicles, and how many roughly is that?
2: Uh, we've got a total of three hundred and thirty vehicles out there 102 of those are staff and support vehicles 64 heavy apparatus 56 trailers uh 31 atvs utvs um 10 material handling vehicles those are things like uh forklifts and telehandlers and skid steers and then we have eight boats and the rest are just miscellaneous uh <clears throat> semis and uh, bomb trucks and things like that.
0: You can't forget engine 911, right. one. Yeah, we've got that that didn't that wasn't in any of those numbers. Uh-oh. We got to make sure we get that taken care of. That thing's always needing some work. Um what else do you guys you've got buildings now, of course. How many buildings do we have that you're watching over, Larson?
3: We've got the 25 stations, 31 properties altogether, if I remember right with the changes that we've had lately. Um, including EOC, the logistics warehouse, a couple of vacant properties, things like that. We're getting ready to build some amazing fire stations on. Yeah. How many do we have coming? Right now, we got five new fire stations in the works between Mill Creek and Magna Eagle Mountain, Midvale.
4: You got a lot. You're watching. And then, Pete, talk a little bit about what you do. Running the warehouse, we've got uh, all of the supplies coming in. So... We hit every station every week. Uh, We run an internal website that all the stations can order from and get everything they need from kitchen forks to uh, new fire axes. Gotcha. All
0: right, well, going back to vehicles, let's just talk for a minute about that. I don't think people can understand, like, uh, fire trucks, fire engines, very, very expensive, probably a lot of maintenance. Um, On any given day, how many are you guys having to work on or in a week? Uh, that just depends. Um, usually we've got two in the
2: shop for major repairs and those will typically take a week to complete. Um, and we have three mobile mechanics who travel around the valley to the different fire stations working on the, uh <clears throat> the day to day breakdowns, the things that can be repaired within two hours or less. And that can vary, you know, f- from the time of year, to the summertime we we get fewer, the wintertime we get more. Um, I don't really have a good number for what we do in a week. It's
0: so it's very fluid. W- what does like a ladder truck cost up front when we buy something new like that? Because I know we had a couple come online a, a couple years ago. Yeah, so those were uh, the tractor drawn
2: aerials, and those were budgeted for I think one point one million or one point five million on those um the difference we've got some coming this year or we'll be placing orders this year and those are straight trucks uh the difference between a straight truck and what we just got last a uh, couple years ago is uh, a trailer the uh the ones we got a couple years ago has a, a a truck and it's pulling a trailer behind it uh these ones will be just the straight ladder truck
0: gotcha well so i mean Add all that up, times however many you said, uh, we have a huge investment of taxpayer dollars into this the the vehicles that we use every single day. Talk a little bit about the effort to keep them working, to keep them efficient. Because I imagine once they start getting old, you'll start to see reoccurring problems with Mm -hmm. them. I remember, Zach, early when you came on, we were dealing with air conditioning issues. It just seems like there's a lot of stuff you guys have to focus on to keep the fleet moving. Yeah, that's,
1: sorry, it keeps us, it keeps fleet busy all day long, every day. Um, you know, kind of lost my train of thought there, but. Um. So just keeping, keeping everything going,
0: how, what kind of effort does it take? How do you, how do you prioritize which things to keep going? How do you judge when an engine seen it's time and it's time to retire it and get something new going?
1: Well, as far as that goes, we've got that kind of a, a anticipated life expectancy built into the capital replacement plan. Um, those vary anywhere from say seven years for a light fleet vehicle up to as much as perhaps 20 years for a vehicle like a air and light unit. Um, that's gonna, a uh, you know, stick around with us for a lot longer. So it's a specialty unit. Um, you know, with the, uh, with the, uh, Costs associated with these vehicles. We want to try to keep them going as long as we can, um, and that's kind of I just got my train of thought back. That's kind of where um Dan's come into play here tremendously for us in really kind of kicking our um, our preventative maintenance program into into high gear. Uh, you know, he's been able to get just the simple PM up and running, and so we're getting to where now we've got nearly 100 percent of our vehicles with um, completed. Uh, PMs within the, the time range that they're supposed to be done. And then, uh, the next step from that is us starting to look at these vehicles, like, okay, we want to complete an inspection with a mechanic on a vehicle. We're not necessarily looking to be there once it's broken. We're trying to find something before it's break before it breaks. And, and while it's in the process of breaking down and try to get it replaced or fixed before we have the, the big issue or the big failure in it that takes an apparatus out for, you know, a week or two weeks or however long it might be. So um, PMs is, is really key for us in that uh, in that fleet side. Okay. Sure. Well, so if I'm out there,
0: an engineer driving something and I it doesn't sound right, something's feeling wrong, what do I do at that point? How, what's the flow for getting somebody out to look at it?
2: Jump out and run. <laughs> So, if you're broke down on the side of the road, uh, the the first call you need to make, if it's during business hours, Monday through Friday, um, you need to call the, the lead mechanic, James Wetman. Um that's, that's the first call you need to make. He's the one that sets the priority for the shop, and he'll dispatch the mechanic from wherever the closest mechanic is to you. Um, if it's over, uh, af- you know, after business hours or on the weekend – then we we have an on-call mechanic who will answer that twenty four seven. Give that number a call, and he'll he'll respond from wherever he's at if it's an emergency. Um, now you said breakdown on the side of the road. That's when we want you to call the on-call guy. If it's something simple that can wait until Monday, let's uh, let's just put an issue in Fleetio and then give James a call on Monday or send him an email or something.
1: Okay. So what should they not do? Well, yeah, and that's something that we've had even just recently, some issues with our on-call staff phone numbers. So we have got two numbers, one's for logistics, one's for fleet, right? Those are intended for after-hour use on weekdays and for weekends um, or a holiday, something where we wouldn't have staff um, on on duty normally. Um, That's the only time that those numbers are monitored. Uh, during the regular business hours during the week, you know, it's just contact the person who you need to get. If you need supply, you know, you contact Pete, give James a call during the week, if you've got an issue with your engine and we can start the process of dealing with that. Um, the, the two numbers that um, are available, of course fleet's pretty self-explanatory, but logistics number, they provide support for both supply and for facilities. So if you've got a, an after hour or weekend issue or weekend issue with uh, you know, a water heater that's failed and it's dumped water all over the place, you know, you can call that same logistics on-call number for that. Um, what we don't want you to do is call that on-call number during the week. You're not going to get anywhere. You Chances of anybody answering are slim. It's just not monitored during business hours. Um, so that's after hours and weekends only for both of those. Okay.
0: I'm just curious. So with our large fire apparatus do we have like one manufacturer we use do we use several does it depend on the year that we're buying we're working really hard
2: to standardize the fleet right now uh the the last the last four engines we bought in the last five uh ladders i think that we bought um and the timberwolves the type one threes i've all been built by rosenbauer uh and we've had good luck with those those are pretty good um apparatus so we're gonna stick with them. Uh and I think everybody, operations, um, fleet, everybody's on board with standardizing the fleet with one manufacturer. Um
0: I heard rumor that they may be locating a facility in this market. That's a possibility. That's I just heard that rumor as well.
1: There's there's been some talk about that. I think it's one thing important to note about um, our relationship I guess with, with Rosenbauer is that we have fairly recently, I don't know, it's been nine months or so. I don't know if it's been a full year yet, but our shop is a Rosenbauer warranty repair shop. Oh. So we, our mechanics can repair a warranty issue on a Rosenbauer apparatus, and then we can get the parts. We get reimbursed for their labor, and then we get the parts for free as part of the warranty gotcha. repair, warranty replacement. Uh, so that's been that's been great uh, asset for us to have. We don't have to send that out to another shop. We can keep yeah, it in house, Keep it done. Time. Yeah, much smaller. Exactly. And and get some reimbursement for the hours that we're um, spending on repairing these things. So if one goes down, do we keep spares to throw out or
0: how do we manage that? Uh, we do have a number of reserve engines and ladders. And
2: um, I don't have those numbers in front of me. But yes, uh, when there's a major repair, we'll pull it out of service. We'll have the station swap into a reserve uh, and they'll run out of that until we can get that uh, front line back to them.
0: Okay. Very cool. Well, switching gears, Larson, so you came in how long ago now?
3: year and a half ago, July half. of 2019.
0: Okay. Seems longer. All right. Did you know what you were getting into?
3: Partially, but not completely. It's been a fun ride for sure. We've had a lot of fun. A lot of changes have been made and a lot of good things are happening and it's a good place to be.
0: Yeah. Little did you know you'd come in and we'd have an earthquake that would cause some issues. Um, talk a little bit about, about the seismic stuff we're working on and these new stations you mentioned. And then I want to just touch base because I know this is unique. I mean, one of our facilities is now house. I heard we bought a house.
3: <laughs> we do have a house. So kind of to touch on the two big projects we have going on that you talked about in addition to all of our smaller capital repairs and preventive maintenance programs and things we're implementing. Uh, the first one is our seismic project that we've gotten, we were able to go out to FEMA and we received a grant to retrofit both structurally and non-structurally all of our fire stations with exception of the stations that we're replacing soon. Um, And so with that grant, we're able to go out and FEMA is providing 75% of the funds. We're providing 25% to completely seismically retrofit our stations to bring them up to the current seismic codes so it's a huge bonus um for us and a huge opportunity that we've had and luckily we started this all before the earthquake Mm -hmm. which was nice um but it certainly the earthquake certainly brought to light the need and the importance for it so why we need to do it we definitely are in a good place there and right now we're in process of hiring out and Go into RFP for contractors to do that work. Gotcha. And so that's good stuff there uh, with the fire station construction progress. Uh, we've got we're well underway with our design of our new fire stations, and we've got some good prototypes in place. Um, the furthest along one right now is currently the re- replacement station for Station One Twenty Five. Uh, That's the furthest along at this point, and we're still working on Mill Creek, Magna, and two down in Eagle Mountain. Uh, Brings us to the house that you talk about. Um, We did purchase a house that we're going to be using as a temporary fire station for the crews at Station 112 as we hopefully demolish that station and rebuild it on the current site. So we had to do something with the crews, and so the greatest option that we found and had full support of the board and everybody involved was to buy a house. And the particular house that we got is on a pretty good sized lot, but it didn't have a garage that was adequate to house the fire apparatus. So we're adding a garage onto the house. Uh, Right now we're working with the city on getting our building permits for that. And we'll run out of the house while we're building the fire station and then sell the house back to somebody to live in. Somebody's going to have a killer garage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you got a boat, keep it in mind, I would imagine. Class A
3: RV. You name it, it. It's going to be big. It's going to be sweet.
0: Well, that's cool. So that's all coming
3: in this next year? The house will definitely be done within the next year. We'll be breaking ground on fire stations this year. The seismic retrofits will be done. We're going to be starting on them this year. They'll be done within two years the five fire stations should be pretty close uh, to being complete within a three year window. Gotcha.
0: All right. And then Pete, I want to touch base with you. i imagine in March, your, your world changed a little bit last year. It sure did. Talk a little bit about having to just, I mean, it was stuff. Probably we may have had a few of masks and you know, the hazmat suits or whatever you call the whole bio suit that they've got to have. Um, How was it in the, I mean, just in the rush of everybody needing to get all that for you to try to find it and get it for our folks?
4: Right. So right in the middle of it, at the beginning, it was um, ridiculous, to say the least. Uh, The supply chain breakdown was uh, something that I've never seen before. So uh, we got really lucky Uh, right at the beginning. We made a huge order and we're able to sneak it in before. Uh, things started to break down Um, we also had a good amount of stock um, stuff that we've had for a couple of years prior to me coming into logistics Um, but being able to keep that on the shelf and have it readily available um, really made a big difference for us Uh, so we were able to keep up on the supply and demand Um, our vendors did a great job um, getting us the things that we needed Um, they had some struggles and some issues, but for the most part, we were, we were on top of it.
0: Were there ever, was there ever a moment you were like getting worried? Like, Oh boy, we're getting a little low.
4: Oh yeah. We had some panic moments. Um, and we did have, um, some time as you all know that there were some things were just not available as it was coming in. Um, getting it from the, the slow boat was, was rough, but, um, for the most part, we were able to, to, keep everybody stocked so what's what were some of the things that were hard are some of the points you you actually yeah, did the, get a little worried the masks were very hard to keep in stock the uh, anything that they were the disposables that we were using on the hourly basis those were hard to keep in stock Clean, uh, cleaning wipes uh, disinfectant sprays um, I mean we had trouble getting it for personal use at home all of you struggled with it getting things at the grocery store right and it was the same same for us.
0: Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this, because I know it's been a big issue for at least one person, the toilet paper
4: issue. Right. How's that looking? Out. <laughs> <laughs> We've never run out of toilet paper. We've got pallets of it.
0: No. How about the quality? I know that was an issue that got brought up in questions for the chief.
3: We had to start separating two ply into one.
0: Is that how we manage the <laughs> supply <laughs> issue? <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Well. Thanks so much for that, and I want to go back to you, Zach, for a minute. Just what are you looking at for this next year? Is there things the folks should be watching for?
1: Things you know, with- a lot of it's what what um, these guys brought up. Um, you know, the future purchases coming up for the capital replacement list. We've got some new apparatus. Um, the specs have been adjusted to try to. We're working to try to develop that standard unit. Uh, that's a big thing for us. Is just we want that unit that's when we're ready to order one, we say, you know, we need two more UFA engines and everybody knows what we're talking about. And so we're working to get to that point. Um, of course, the new fire stations are, you know, super high on the list. Um, it's a lot of work, a lot of effort by a lot of people going into those right now. Um, and we're excited to, to finally see a shovel go into the dirt on that. And, uh, you know, kind of upgrade some of these older fire stations and get guys in some really fantastic new quarters. Um, I think when they're up and running, people are going to be really excited to, to be in them and see them. And I bet you're going to be doing a lot of tours for uh, other agencies coming through and wanting to see, see what, what, we did. What, we, what we've what we done with them. So, you know, we've got a great design team um, with AJC and BRW and, and some really good project management um, that's helping us through this process and, and just good internal players, guys that are really engaged and and doing a great job. So yeah, we're excited for this. There's a a lot of stuff going on out in logistics. And I guess one of the big pieces, I shouldn't overlook this, we've got a huge project coming up with our uh, Clean for Dirty Turnout Exchange Program. And so Pete's been working on kind of building that out and how we're gonna deploy it um, and get clean turnouts to fire scenes and exchange guys you know, clean for dirty right on scene so they can keep their stuff Mm -hmm. in apparatus. Pete,
4: how's that gonna work? that's what we're working on right now we'll we'll get some some good details going but the the main idea is uh if you get dirty if you're in in the environment in the fire then we'll trade you out so we've been building up our stock uh, making sure we have a good range of sizes so that that's a non-issue right and we can get everybody covered we can get them cleaned and back to you as fast as possible and time frame for that four days if less yeah
1: So we're working on kind of really uh, supplementing our ability to wash stuff with, with some professional, some washing machines or extractors, I guess, and dryer cabinets that are designed for turnout specifically to help us, you know, process stuff, you know, filthy stuff faster. Yeah. Um, Process that, that type of quantity. And so, you know, we've got some work to do and there's probably going to be some adjustments that'll need to be made. You know, we're just trying to come up with the best plan we can up front and then deploy it and see where we need to make adjustments. Are you going to
0: roll it out like a beta phase and test it with a few folks or uh, cross the board?
4: Right now we're basically doing that. Just not on a, on a hundred percent every time. Right. So uh, if, if people go into a fire and they need turnouts and they call logistics or the on-call number and we'll, we'll go swap them out. Um, this new program should make it a quicker turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to have a van full of turnouts on scene, um, same as the air and light, so uh, it should speed things up for you. Um, and then roll out on this whole program. We're
1: yeah, we're a little ways we're out. We're a little ways out still. On that. I mean, th- this this upcoming budget year, there's a lot of items in there, um, so we we have to do some purchasing, some little bit of. Uh, project work or remodeling out at, out at uh, the warehouse to build up our laundry facility and isolate it so when we're bringing all these turn dirty things in, we're not, you know, exposing guys at, at the warehouse. Um, so we want to make sure we get that right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as soon as we get turnouts in and, and our facility ready to go, you'll see that um, as an available, you know, asset to operations crews.
3: That brings up some melts that we have really been concentrating a lot in our logistics division, not only from a turnout standpoint, but from an overall firefighter safety and health aspect, you know, there's a lot of new things going into our new fire stations that are pretty cutting edge as far as fire station design is concerned. That's really, it has a potential of kind of changing the way fire stations look and the way we act as firemen, firefighters, and the things we do when we come back from a fire or different types of events that we find ourselves involved in and it's been really cool to see and it's been fun to be a part of as far as learning what those kind of technologies are and the things that are available you know you guys have all seen the airmations go in in the bays and it's kind of just the first steps right you know get nice machines out of the bay and then a lot of our new fire stations are going to have decontamination areas in them and things like that that Nobody around the West has really seen so far, and so it's going to be be good stuff for years to come.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, you guys, for joining us today. Sounds like you got a lot on your plate, but a lot of improvements coming for everybody around UFA. Yep, some pretty neat stuff. Thank you. Well, for Cam DeVogue, I'm Niall Easton. This has been Fully Involved. Until next time.
1: From the Salt Lake Valley, this has been Fully Involved. Follow Unified Fire on social media and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening.